0: James. Hey Duncan. How are
1: you dude? I'm good. I'm ready for a Christmas holiday break.
0: Oh my God. Sometimes you kind of get to the end and you burst through and other times you just fall over the finish line. And I feel very much like the latter. <laughs> just so it's just like, Ugh. you know, oh, there's, it, there's yep. too much. this, this month has been too much socializing, et cetera, et cetera. Just, I just need to stop. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I feel you. So, so Duncan, did you mm-hmm. hear about the cannibal who ate a charismatic leader? No. He threw up his hands.
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. i agree give you that. All right, all right. Um, James and I uh, have a podcast called Cloud Strikes, which is where we talk about a topic. And today's topic is the common elements of charisma, um, mm. which is a bit of a flaw on from the last one. And so my first question I thought for you, James, is do you think you're charismatic?
1: Oh, that's a good question. So in terms of... I think there's two parts here. Do I think I exhibit some of or any of the traits that are typically considered (laughs) uh, to be, um, you know, indicative of a charismatic person? I'll say yes. Do I think I have effectively utilized that to be an impactful uh, charismatic person? Maybe not so
0: much. (laughs) I think. that around sort of people that quote you like, um, and also often the people you like, like you back, it's kind of mutual, you know, often, sometimes it's unrequited, but that doesn't go on for a long term, it's a short term thing. You normally like are the best version of you, and people you don't like, you're normally the worst version of you. And so to me, who you are is not a fixed thing. Like on a good day, hopefully I'm all right, and on a bad day, not so much. And around good people, like I, I like James, you know, and so often we'll be laughing or I'll be in a bad mood and I'll talk to him and I'll be in a good mood or just knowing I'm speaking just gonna make me in a good mood. And so mm. if I'm not charismatic around James, then I'm probably not charismatic at all. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I'm probably more charismatic around you. <clears throat> and so what I'd say is, I think at times I can be very charismatic and I think at times I can be very uncharismatic. You can use whatever you know <laughs> word you want for uncharismatic. Um, And so I think I've got great diversity. (laughs) Not not as much diversity in how I'm charismatic, but from being negative 100% charismatic to 0% charismatic to maybe 75% charismatic. Um, And all else equal, like if you're enjoying it, normally others are enjoying it too. And if you're not enjoying it, normally others aren't. And so I think that's one of the core things. Charisma is enjoyable. Mm. And one of the core aspects is you're enjoying it. I'm sure you can fake it, but I don't think you can fake it long term, you know, or in a kind of like, uh, you know, authentic fashion. It might be authentic short term, but it's hard to fake it long term. So to me, enjoying it, you know, is that is that a key thing, James?
1: Well, OK, so I, I want to go back and unpack a couple of things you said there, because you, 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 you said something really interesting that got my attention, which was so um, let's just borderline assume everyone has friends (laughs) (laughs) so uh if you don't have any friends i'm terribly sorry Um, (laughs) what i'm what i'm about to say only applies to people um that have some social life and the point i'm making is that you said that if you're not charismatic around me then perhaps you're not charismatic at all but i think that when we are with our friends we are charismatic because by definition we're enjoying each other's company. And I think we ex- exude certain behaviors or characteristics mm. that is alluring in that moment. So, mm. and then you will say like, well, maybe I'm charismatic with my friend but not so much with other people. So maybe the idea of charisma, first of all, if you mm-hmm. have friends, you actually have charisma. You have the, 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 <laughs> the, well, no, 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 sorry. I should say that again. If you have friends, you have the, the means for being charismatic. But to Maybe. be charismatic, um, to be charismatic means that you can be the same way in front of your friends in front of complete strangers. Mm. Does
0: that makes sense? Well, there's different sort of things. So I think um, all else equal, with my friends, I laugh much more than with people who are strangers, right? Mm. Um, and so part of this is just an ability to laugh. Like I would say, Humor But humor is not necessarily the thing It's also being In a In a good Like Because you can be in a laughing mood and a not laughing mood Do you know what I mean? And Charisma is Being able to be In some respects to me In a mood to be able to laugh And to help others Get into that mood
1: Yeah Part of the way to do that Is
0: to say something humorous As an example But that's not the only way Like Mm. It it might be like I don't know We've got extraordinary time pressure For this thing That's due You know Later today And Someone's saying some idiotic joke that at Friday (laughs) night at a pub, I might be like, that's pretty bloody funny. But I'm like, mate, like, you know, we've got to get some stuff done. Like get your your head in the game, you know, what are you doing? Uh, And so to me, um, this is a really interesting point. Um, Charisma, I suppose, perhaps by this term, is something you can can effectively turn on. Mm -hmm. Just like, I don't know, you you can cultivate your ability for maths or you can cultivate your ability to shoot a basketball. I think you can cultivate your ability for charisma. I think you can cultivate your ability for humor. And humor and charisma are not the same to me. Um, mm. And not just that, so they say meditation, one definition of meditation is practicing calm. So when you concentrate on your breath, sort of my traditional version of meditation, ultimately you're letting go of any thoughts and emotions if you can do it successfully. And when you've let go of thoughts and emotions, what you're left with is calm. And if you practice your calm muscles, when the seas get rough, you can bring them out. Instead of getting stuck in your emotions and thoughts, you can let go of them and take some perspective. And so charisma is kind of the same. Can you turn on charisma? So maybe the definition of charisma is not can I be charismatic at some point ever. It's can I be charismatic when I want to be?
1: Mm. So for me, I think one of the um, the, 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 the key elements is context. Mm. So in, in what context am I being in such a way that would uh, elicit this charismatic energy? And I'm not saying it necessarily has to be a serious one versus a... Uh, a jovial one. Like you can be, you know, very charismatic in a solemn uh, situation um, if you had the right context in terms of the way you were behaving. Um, but I do think it, it's, it's really interesting in terms of, okay, so um, the context for Duncan and I right now is that we have a relationship that's been built on for the last 37 odd years, maybe not that much, 35, let's say. So there's, we've already. 33, there you go. So we've already, like, um, established that rapport, that, um, you know, whether it is that mutual respect and also that sense of enjoying each other's company that we can, like, bring down any type of barrier around my particular behaviour being one that's, you know, enigmatic. Hmm. But it's a lot harder to do that in front of either workplace people or just anyone else in general that I haven't gone through the same process of establishing that relationship first. And so I think having the skills of a charismatic individual means you can break through that process a lot more quickly and easily than in what it would typically take for you to build a friendship. So maybe like a charismatic person is like, what you, what you, it's like a um, you know, friend on demand or something. Like friend as yeah. a service. <laughs> There's
0: other friends but, on demand, which might have a slightly different connotation. Or uh, <laughs> friends as a service. Uh, yeah, we that elsewhere. Well, I think that's, but that, maybe that's, maybe that's a good <laughs> So like um, high class uh, escorts, shall we say, and I have never used one, but I've watched documentary stuff of them. They basically- Speaking for it's, a friend. It's, it's to say that um, they kind of want to make that person feel special. Mm. And they want to make them feel like they're in love with them. Or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, And that's a certain type of charisma, right? And I certainly don't want people at work to feel like I'm in love with them from a romantic sense. Um, But (laughs) interested uh, in them, do you know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, at work, I think that at times I can be very charismatic. Uh, I also think at times I can be very terse, for better or worse. Um, And I think with new people... um, you you go get your kind of like introductory or sort of like getting to know you coffee slash lunch or whatever
1: hmm.
0: and in some respects it's almost like a stand-up routine i'm not saying this is a comedy thing but like you're kind of giving them your background and a bit of background on the company and talking about some things and you know there are some sort of anecdotes or jokes that are going to land you know like just that work well um because just like a stand-up comedy routine, I don't know how many times they've done it before they do their neck-foot special. Like I'm just making up a hundred times. Like I've done a hundred of these, right? And 80% of it <laughs> is the same, right? Um, yep. And if I was bad at it now after a hundred versions of it, that's not good, <laughs> you know? And, and at the end of it, I want to get to know them. I want to understand some more. I hopefully want to have started a relationship with them. I so say the relationships are the infrastructure upon which communication occurs and businesses are built on communication. So if you do not have a relationship, you don't have to be best friends, but you should be better than best, You should be friendly. And so it's kind yep. of like um, getting past go is huge. Um, the, I suppose the question then is like, well, with strangers in a very similar context, like, okay, you're starting at your work. I'm the sort of co-founders, co-CEO, uh, you know, they're trying, I suppose, to be nice to me or whatever. But that's really different to meeting some random out at the pub or whatever, you know, where, where there's mm. no context. And being mm. able to be, charis- so it's, it's like, okay, a startup comedian is is very charismatic in their show, but some of them aren't everyday life in, in conversations. It's only in that practice space. So maybe charisma is about being able to be charismatic in many many different circumstances. But what percentage of circumstances can you be charismatic in?
1: Mm. Mm. So I th- I think when we're talking about you know different circumstances and you know like the process that one has to go through to understand how you can build this part of, you know, your personality. Um, like, I want to go back to square one because I think we we got off to a really interesting start in terms of talking about, well, maybe charisma is just like this idea of, you know, behaving as if you were with a friend and having that same response to, um, you know, a perfect stranger or a group of people. So when I, when I try to understand, okay, first thing is what what is the general definition of charisma right so some things I've found is it's considered to be a trait usually <coughs> including extreme charm and magnetic quality of personality a another another version of this is there's two basic pillars one is you have influence and the other is affability so I just thought maybe it would be really good to go like okay so what did it mean to be influential what did it mean to be affable and so this goes back to your point, Duncan. is like this is something that you've crafted, you know, a hundred times. Like, and after a hundred times if you haven't done it, then maybe stand-up comedy is not for you. <laughs> but how do we build this? Um, but the first step is by understanding what it is that we're building, mm. right? And so I think, like, for me, when it comes to things like under the realm of influence, it goes back to what we were talking last week around competence and confidence. And if you develop yourself in terms of your own area of expertise or whatever it is that you're, um, you know, applying yourself to or your craft, you build this this dualistic consideration around, well, you get better at it and you're more confident at it. And then that like bleeds over into how other people receive you, if that makes sense.
0: Mm. I think um, maybe this is like a, another good way of doing it because there's, Charisma in different circumstances, Uh, charisma, Mm. I can't even say it. Like, um, (laughs) if you're at work, as an example, I think, you know. ideally you wanna be charismatic in all circumstances, why wouldn't you, right? But at work, a huge amount of it is based on competency, right? Mm. Like if you're not doing a good job, I I don't care how affable somebody is, I'm like out, you Uh, you know, the whole Netflix thing, we're a team, not a family, and we are here to do the best job for whatever the goal of the company is. Yeah. And if you're helping with that team, awesome. And if you're not, like in a family, I don't think you should kick people out. That's one of the definitions of family, unconditional love. Yeah. But in a company, if you're not you know, lifting, then out, right? And, but then on top of that, there's the whole likability, enjoying it, fun. I think having a bit of a, like a larrikin, like seriously the smile, you know, poking fun at yourself, etc., cetera, can, can really be happening. So to me, work, it's competence. Plus authenticity, plus mm. you know, admitting when you're wrong, enjoying it, laughing, you know, humility, right? You get those things right, and I think I think humor and, yeah. and self-deprecation is a form of humor is absolutely key. But when you're, yep. let's just say, because one of the things I think is is a, is a little challenge that I set myself sometimes. I'm not allowed to speak about anything serious. So you meet somebody new, no asking what they do, no talking about what your work. If they ask you about work, trying to deflect so you don't get into that you know rabbit hole. Um, Don't talk about politics or economics or anything. It's it's a whole Seinfeld thing. Just like talk about nothing. And (laughs) I I, I found the world more and more interesting. And so there's like two types of charisma. Specific base, like I don't know, how much you know about politics, how how good you are at your job. And then with nothing, right? And so to me, the harder one is with nothing, with strangers. So when you're talking Mm. about nothing with people you don't know, can you be charismatic when you want to be? And if you can, then you've got higher level of charisma.
1: Mm. Mm. So um, you said a lot of like, you know, key word there that when I was thinking about this, like, you know, what did it mean to be charismatic? What I thought would be, was interesting is, is there's kind of like two levels to this. And the first level is you've got to have these foundational traits like as a, as a just to get through the door. But none of these make you charismatic. And so this would be mm. things like competence, competence, kindness, humor, Humility, right? So if you had competence, that doesn't make you charismatic. But without it, you can't be charismatic, I would I would say. Same mm-hmm. for kindness, humor, and humility. But let's just say once you have those four pillars, then when you add on top of it things like confidence, eloquence, persuasion, ability to inspire, and you know, this fun and engaging energy, that's what I think it's kind of like this layer cake of charisma. <laughs> um, but if you had any of those without the, the, the foundation, right? So if you were confident without competence, I'd say that's tantamount to arrogance. If you were fun and engaging without kindness, then that you know, maybe that's rude and bullying. Um, if you were inspiring but you didn't have humility, then maybe that's, I don't know, delusion or narcissism, something else. <laughs> Right. So you got to have the two, but one doesn't necessarily make you charismatic. And the other means that you can't be charismatic without it. Mm.
0: It's, it's so interesting. Like, so humor, let's take humor as one part. And I think, you know, all else equal, things can be just funny by themselves. It can just be a joke or it can be a joke in context of work. Not that you're saying works bad, uh, but you're able to make it. So it's delicious and nutritious or it's just delicious, right? Yep. And so, to me, um, I go, a fixed mindset is you're born good about bad something, a growth mindset means you can build it. And for almost all mental attributes, this data is basically in that it's not, you know, born, it's built. And so I used to think people were born smart or dumb, right, which is, I think, patently off now. Um, and that, you know, you're good at math or not. But also, I, had, I really had a fixed mindset towards humour. There were funny people and there were not funny people. And there were ideas people and there were not ideas people. And so, one of the things that... I decided this I just wanted to put a humor in each weekly email so in, internally at Rolo, in my team you send a weekly email let's put a put a humor right which uh, I call it a humor um, And you started off just with alliteration just gets the same you know thing like the K key is kind of crucial. So someone at work lost their K key on their computer and I sent this to one of the um, people in the sort of you know, office admin side I'm like the K key is kind of crucial. get in your laptop please. And she just laughs, you know, <laughs> whatever. And she's like, yeah, you're getting your laptop. Yeah, cool. Um, and then the next one is like rhyming. So, you know, then the next one is pointing out the absurd. Like, you know, we should be doing a really good job here or whatever. And then you point out how doing the worst job possible sometimes means you can actually do a good job. And it's like, what? And so and basically I've gone from one strategy, which is just alliteration to like seven or eight strategies now. Mm. And <laughs> my ability to be able to use them was only when I had really slow deliberate so I was able to sit there and think about it and write an email to now sometimes real time. Right? Whereas, you know, you don't you don't even you know, it's, it's a mid conversation. You know, you don't so to me, I suppose I've gone from a total novice at humor four or five years ago, or at least I think whereas now I would say I make like I'm making up a number, ten humours a day. And I used to make zero humors a day, right? <laughs> and it used to be then making wine was hard and, and it was not able to be done real time. Anyways, the point I'm trying to get to is you normally can get better at the things you try to get better at. And human that is delicious and nutritious, i.e. part of what you're doing, is kind of like a no-brainer. If it's just delicious, you're just taking away time, then sure, at the pub, but not at work. At work, delicious and nutritious. So I suppose what I'm trying to get to is you can level up your charisma. Why wouldn't you want to be more charismatic? And if so, it's as important as getting better Excel skills or something if you're, you know, in you know, whatever, a business, you know, analyst type role.
1: So Duncan, serious question. Mm. When you say the K is kind of crucial, did you spell crucial with a K?
0: (laughs) My spelling is not good. (laughs) Um, But yeah.
1: Well, you can have my, um, you can have my cannibal joke royalty free. So you're welcome (laughs) to that. But I, I think it goes back to, Um, I think charisma is using humor and the ability to be funny I think it's a really good um, parallel because I feel um, very much the same way in terms of how comedians hone their craft um, I think can be approached in a very similar way to how someone can work on their charisma so I remember you know reading a lot about Dave Chappelle and how he talks about everyone else in the industry treat Um, their profession um in the same vein as being a scientist which is they would experiment with different Mm -hmm. jokes and they would experiment with with different mannerisms and um they would go to a small crowd like you know small clubs and um uh and nights and they would trial and error new jokes and they would trial and error new ways of um, Mm -hmm. approaching humor and they would keep what works and they would discard what doesn't And so it really flies in the face of, you know, this idea that um, you you should help champion, which is like, you know, people like Dave Chappelle, who we all, I would, uh, well, I think a lot of us would probably just blindly um, consider is naturally funny, isn't actually just naturally funny. He is very dedicated to the craft of honing it over over time. And I think another thing about charisma and humour that is similar is that not only can it be developed, it can be lost as well. Right, just you can think about think of People like um, you know Louis C.K. Louis C.K. who for a while there suddenly became very unfunny. Um, uh, but there are other people who, well, uh, you know, it's, who in the charismatic um, sphere, like Mel Gibson, Lindsay Lohan, were you know at the very top of their game, and then they suddenly lost it over time. And so I think it's this um, idea of well, if you can see people increase. Uh, their, charisma, their, their charisma and they can lose their charisma then I think it, it it stands to reason that this is something that people can develop rather than just be naturally gifted
0: at it yeah I, I think this is to me a totally decided debate personality is a myth it's called identity foreclosure uh, and so this is you deciding I'm an extrovert or an introvert and in the west we have a personality in the east you don't you know uh, and so to me almost all mental acumen and I say almost all and I actually mean all is cultivated you could be born in you know you're from china and your family's been there since you know time and then you are born and you grow up in australia you don't speak mandarin there's none in you right and so if there was any kind of mental inheritance language would be one of the most from an intellectual perspective right because you've been speaking the same language for millennia right and there's zero you could have parents who are professors in physics right and their kid doesn't come out better at physics can't walk can't talk can't add can't nothing right and so to me it's all improved what i'd say though is some areas are objective and some areas are subjective. So for instance, I'd argue that teaching mathematics in year seven is very objective. There's clearly better ways to do it. Whereas I'd argue that music is very subjective. Like what James likes as music and what I like as music, uh, can be very different. Right. Um, oh, I'll shift that slightly. Um, but still be good. Right. And so sometimes people are quote charismatic due to just happenstance. Other times, they're charismatic and and the trends change on them, right? So what's, you know, the the cool new fashion is not the same fashion in five years, right? But maybe 20 years time is back around again. But other times, some fashions just never go out of fashion, (laughs) you know? And so to me, there's that side. But like, I think that as one should, I think, try to improve their uh, ability to communicate over time, Humor is a form of communication. Just like emoji is a form of communication, right? Just like Excel is a form of communication. And so why, you know, I think people take a lot of it, I want to do professional development work, you know, and I want to get better at whatever it is, right? And then they'll read books on this. I've done courses on Udemy, on charisma. I've read books, so no, on humor. You know, whatever, John Cleese books and other books, etc. On humor, and when you get to it, these people like Chappelle, like John Cleese, whatever, have a process. As, as somebody who is making a new recipe for a restaurant does or as somebody who's making a new product for a tech startup does. Whereas I didn't know that. I kind of thought that they were naturally, but I, that's all totally gone. So to me, you can get better at charisma just so you can get better at anything. Why wouldn't we be good mm. at charisma?
1: Mm. So what might be helpful um, is we could talk about some of the key qualities that we think we can hone that would help increase our charismatic score, as you will. Um, someone, some, well, someone that I looked at, looked into, um, Joyce Newman, if you've heard of her president of the Newman Group, um, one of the champions of charisma, charisma being something that you can cultivate. So she's identified five important qualities that you can work on on a daily basis to increase your, um, your charismatic leadership score. So the first one is self-confidence, Second is the ability to tell great stories, and I think that's key. Third is body speak. That's an interesting one. Last is making the conversation about the other person, which I thought was quite specific. And then the last one, which is kind of related to the fourth one, which is being a good listener. And if you cultivate these five qualities, they can kind of work directly toward building your, uh, I guess, skill at Mastering Charisma.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you think... So I think everyone thinks that communicating well is a, is a very important thing, right? And yeah. you can do courses on persuasion as an example. I think it's, a, it's not Neil Diamond, he's a singer. Someone, Diamond, uh, that wrote a book, uh, he's a Wharton professor, and it's bloody good, right? But it doesn't appear that people have spent as much time thinking about charisma as they have about persuasion or as they have about, you know clarity of of, of communication mm. and so it, it's almost like so i think i said this before to me relationships are the infrastructure upon which communication occurs and communication is the backbone of almost all businesses mm. as such your ability to build relationships is your ability to communicate If you've got a poor relationship you're not going to speak to them probably they're not going to speak to you properly you say something and then that, was like, oh, that person said something silly and then write you off june you know? yeah so it's conceivable that charisma equals relationship building ability, right, in some respects, and that if relationships are the infrastructure upon which communication occurs, this is perhaps the most upstream component of anyone's ability to get anything done at work. And so as such, building your charisma abilities is conceivably one of the most important things you can do.
1: Mm. Well, it's the same time again, like charisma is the effect. It's not the cause. And so I think, by you know looking at this idea of well, the ability to build relationship or in- improve your communication skills, so that you can build relationships, it's like this this lead on effect. Well, you know, improved communication skill improves the ability to create relationship, improves the the effect that you have at work. Mm-hmm. So, like I guess you know to understand the ingredients in charisma more, can then like shift the focus away from, well, am I a, like, when, when, when you asked me at the beginning, like, are you charismatic? Do you think you're a charismatic person? Like, I can't, like, I guess, honestly, search inside myself and think like, what did that actually mean? As opposed to, well, what do I think makes me charismatic? Like, okay, can I, am I, do I have self-assurance? Am I confident in myself? Like, yes. <laughs> Does that make me charismatic? Not necessarily. Uh, Do I have the ability to tell great stories? Like I, I would not list myself as a great storyteller. I'm sure um, if I continued to practice at it, I have no doubt that I would be able to improve myself significantly in that area. So it's 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 almost like this intangible notion that at any one point in time, like my my charisma is fluctuating based on you know what uh, stage of work i'm at who i'm with at that point in time uh, and what part of my characteristics i have to deploy in that moment in order for me to you know maximize the amount of influence i have on those around me
0: mm, i think um, like everything you fluctuate but you hopefully your average improves and hopefully your volatility decreases but it'll mm. never get to zero right so on average am i more charismatic than i was five years ago i hope so on average, is my charisma levels less volatile than it was five years ago? Probably not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to me, it, it just seems like a no-brainer. Um, so again, like to me, this is not even open debate. Of course you can level up. There's no such thing as naturally charismatic people. There's no such thing as naturally people that do maths, right? Um, <clears throat> so why wouldn't one, like I, I, this is what I mean before, not just wouldn't you wanna improve it, of course you do. Not just that. Is it one of the most important things to improve at for both work and non-work spheres? Um, is it one of the most upstream things? And so, like writing. Maybe this is the thing. Like I, I, I forgot. I stopped doing this. Uh, but like, you know, I, my family WhatsApp group or something. Just once a week, write a joke. You know, I write one for work, but I should write one in the non-work sphere. It's just joke, joke of the week, joke of the week, and. It goes from being hard and bad to easy and good. That's my normal trajectory. So a, a novice can do something it's hard to do and the quality is bad and a master can do something it's easy to do and the quality is good, right? Mm. And you don't start good and easy, at you know, anything in my opinion. And the mm. work to get there is work, but once you're there, hell yeah. So are you working on your charisma, James? And if so, how, or if not, do you think you should be? Okay,
1: so I'm going to try and answer your question first. So, like, really reducing charisma down, I would say, has something to do with your ability to influence others. Uh, one of the books I'm rereading at the moment um, is Andy Grove's High Output Management. Mm. And and he talks about how, out, um, the, the, the output of a manager is the output of those within his direct team and those that are under his influence. So already, I'm drawing distinctions and parallels to my role as a people leader in my organization and at home as being tantamount to my ability to influence. And so I, that's what I think had a direct correlation to my um, ability to, you know, well, well, at least my level of chariz- uh, charisma. Charisma, I've I, messed up that. saying that
0: word so many times this podcast. Charisma,
1: charisma, that's it. <laughs> charisma uh so yes i am actively working on it but not with the in the vein of like i want to be more charismatic therefore i'm going to focus on x y i'm working it on as the, in the sense of i want to be a better leader and a more influential leader uh and so these are the areas that i'm focusing on in order to hone that does that make sense
0: hmm. yeah like so I, I do a couple of things um i have this giant spreadsheet uh, where I try to track different things that I want to change um, and so a couple of times a day or after certain you know instances where you were hopefully trying to exhibit you know attribute whatever why I go and look at it and so what it is is effectively a reminder of things I'm trying to cultivate and then I have to write down whether I did or I didn't and you go for that unconscious incompetence conscious incompetence conscious competence unconscious competence right and you want to basically set as many conscious unconscious competence things possible and so there are many so after all key meetings and i'm talking about at least two a day i will sit down and debrief which i call game analysis somebody else who is in the meeting it's an hour-long meeting five minutes of debriefing right you d- do way more um and you're going through ideally you know the most important components of what it was And then replaying what happened. Okay, why did I say that? Why did someone say that? Okay, what did they mean? If I had my time again, would I do this differently? And slowly, you become aware of how you're acting in certain circumstances. So to me, I am consciously trying to write humours each week at work. I think I should do it outside of work. And I am consciously, uh, say for instance, reread every email before I send it. And once that I send to the whole company, get someone else to review it and I see what they say. And then after... all major meetings, probably on average two a day, I will debrief with someone for roughly five minutes on what happened and ways that I can improve and or others can improve as well. So I think therefore I'm slowly improving it, getting good to work with as an example.
1: Mm -hmm. So one of the things you asked before is, is charisma the most important thing or something similar to that? like um, Or is it a top priority? And I think that's a very interesting question because if you don't address the question directly, I would say the default answer would be yes, but are there areas in your life, maybe, where it's not actually top priority? Now, the, the, the immediate example I can think of, well, if you're an immediate individual contributor, then perhaps your ability to influence others isn't as important. Not to say it's not important, but isn't as important as your ability to deliver value on whatever it is that's your responsibility. Right? So if you're let's just say a an engineer or a developer and your responsibility is to build the back end infrastructure of a you know digital education platform, then you know, JoJo's ability to uh, influence people in his team might come second to his ability to build a reliable infrastructure. So I think, while having charisma, I think is a universal trait that is positive. There are times, perhaps, where maybe it's not the most important uh, consideration.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not saying it's definitely always the most important consideration, but I feel like for a long time it was a zero consideration. Mm. Let's just say there are hard skills and soft skills. Hard skills, writing back end code. Soft skills, charisma. Right. I suppose for a long time I had a growth mindset for hard skills and a fixed mindset for soft skills, and to me they're all the same. And to me, yes, it's not the only one. I'm not saying it's the only one, definitely not. But mm. you should have different lenses in, and I think that it's conceivable that, you know, so for instance, relationship building ability is higher rated to charisma, and then outcome is value added to how times how good you are to work with. And how good you are to work with relationship times. I suppose how well you went in that individual instance, which is like charisma and charisma again. And so mm. it should be given, conceivably, equal weighting as number one. Like over time, thing to improve upon. <laughs> you know, there are courses and courses and courses on how to be a back end engineer, and there are courses and courses and courses on people management, right? And I don't think I've seen, in, and I've done what I consider to be a significant amount of reading on, on people management and a bunch of per, actual people management. People talking about charisma. As a, as, a, as a really important component this is not so you can swindle someone so you can have someone like you so you can take advantage of them it's so you can get things done so that everything mm. is like it's like a well-oiled machine or there's oil in the engine rather than no oil it's overheating and you know frictioning and blowing up so I, I agree that
1: like we're, we are inextricably drawn to charismatic people and that's why it's a a powerful notion. On one hand, I'm just wondering: is it just simply the act of just taking all of the like the most impactful qualities an individual can have in order to persuade and influence others, and we just call that charisma? Or was it some more intangible uh, like notion that when you meet someone? You know, like there's 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 certain things in life. At least until someone explains it better than yourself, you just have a ineffable understanding of. Like, if you meet someone, you can almost immediately assess whether they're charismatic or not, without breaking down into reducible components as to why that is. Right. So if I were to you know walk into a room and um, there was Obama, you know, <laughs> in a circle of people, I'd be like, this dude's got charisma. Like, here he is one charismatic individual. And I don't consciously have to explain to myself why I th- I think that. I th- it just I feel that instantly, and I think that's one of the powerful, um, you know, things about charisma, which is people are instantly drawn to it without necessarily knowing or fully understanding why. And I think that's actually that we might we can actually expand upon, which is so, you know, human beings we're social creatures. We evolved beyond the. Um, you know we're homo sapiens and then there were the neanderthals we we beat the neanderthals out not because we were more stronger than they were but we learned to cooperate and so what i think charisma where that comes in is kind of information signaling as i can create or i can leverage cooperation in such a high manner that if you will get you know more benefit from following me than from someone else if that makes sense
0: Yeah, so I think maybe that's one way of looking at it. Like, maybe we should just make a bunch of equations for charisma. Um, So charisma is increased ability to cooperate. Or, yeah. To, sorry, it's cooperate. So to me, I I do think sometimes you get a relatively quick sense. Instant is too much to me. of whether someone's charismatic. But I don't think always. Like, most of the time, it comes out. And if you spend, like, I don't know, an hour with somebody at the end, you have you know, a good sense, and you may not know anything in the beginning. Um, One of the things that's interesting is that politicians need to be elected by others, and they say that one of the strongest, if not the strongest signal about whether someone will be elected is the beer test. And the beer test means, do you want to have a beer at the pub with them? Right? Not about whether their policies are good or whether you think they're very, very good, you know, at getting things done. It's just, do you want to have a beer with them? (laughs) Which is charisma, right? And so politicians effectively have to, or don't have to, but practice charisma as like perhaps the most important thing whereas a back-end web developer it's coding as the most important thing Jane, and a charisma is still important for a back-end web developer because you need to discuss with others etc but probably less important than it is as a politician and so they're you know whatever um, shaking hands all day kissing babies you know politicians and they learn to turn it on and to, you know they get out of the bus and they go and they do all the things um, and so they've been working on charisma for Decades, some of them, you know, some of them not so much, whatever. But to me, it, it's crucial. So I thought if you like, charisma is what you were. so ability to persuade and influence others plus likability. Right? Ability is ability to cooperate. Um, charisma is, I wish do this, like ability, you know, authenticity, um, humbleness, humor, uh, insight, you know, there's there's many, many, many things um, and It's just it's just like a whole avenue, and it's a nice lens. Like one lens is I want to be good at your job, the hard skills. Another lens is I want to be charismatic. (laughs) You know, ability (laughs) to build relationships to get things done. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've got a new one. So charisma is the ability to increase output through willing participation. Mm. So why why we have. I think placed a lot of value on charisma. Is that if you have two individuals, let's just say you've got Bob Hawke and John Howard, you would you would probably be forgiven for thinking that in a room full of new people, someone like a Bob Hawke could create a far, well, not a far, a higher output of you know whatever. You know, let's just say they were all tasked to build a boat, and if you were well. You've heard to no, say, keep going. right? Uh,
0: yeah, I just wasn't expecting you to say that, but keep going.
1: But I would want Bob Hawke to lead a group in building a boat than John Howard. And I would probably posit that John Howard would know a lot more about the engineering of, you know, constructing a vessel than Bob Hawke. But I think someone like Bob Hawke would be able to get more out of each individual in compelling them to build the boat instead. And so this idea about, well, it's infectious, right? So it's not just about, this is a really, really likable person and I just want to be around them. It's like, no, this person can actually instill greater um, you know proficiency in those around them because of their charisma, because of their ability to inspire, because of their ability to persuade. And I think that's why it's, we place such a high value on it because if you were charismatic but you were... Um, you know, damaging to those around you. I don't think you would maintain that status for very long.
0: It's interesting because I think politicians are kind of like a weird space. Like if you work with somebody, you know, you're not working closely, working closely, like over time, you can basically get to a very, very, very strong understanding if they're doing a good job or not and a good understanding if they're upgrading themselves or not, right? And so to me, at, at, in a work context, competency is going to be a humongous component of this. And so people that just get GSD, you know, are awesome, right? But with a politician, like I think I pay probably like top 10% attention of people, like the amount of time I spent paying attention to what the politicians are doing. I still have absolutely no idea how good whatever Josh Frydenberg in Australia as a treasurer actually is. And you know, I don't know, Nancy Pelosi. Like, I've heard her speak a few times and look at her policies, but I have absolutely no idea. Like, 1% the understanding of people that I work with, you know? Um, and what I do have a much better understanding of for those, whatever, Nancy Pelosi and Josh Frydenberg, is, quote, charisma, right? And so hmm. when competency is hard to assess, charisma is a large, larger portion of what you do in determining whether or not you want to vote for somebody, Right? And I suppose the same thing with friends, because with friends, competency in terms of like know, your output at work is presumably much, much, much lower. And so it's much more just having a laugh, talking. So it's it's ability. So maybe that's the thing. So, so there's a continuum of like how much it is known your work ability. And then as such, if you're very good at your job, I think you're far more charismatic because you've got insight. Like insight well, there's a, lot to, of
1: there's a lot to be said about competency and friendship. So it's not necessarily yeah, like your, your ability job. to... It's not like your ability to output, you know, um, you know, friendship tokens or something, but there are things like, you know, are you trustworthy? Are you, you know, diligent and respectful? Like, you know, if we say we're going to catch up, you know, on Saturday, you know, you'll keep to your word and be there, as opposed to just like, oh, yeah, I slept in, sorry, right? I think, I think competence goes across, um, you know, all you know, facets of relationships, it just has a different meaning. Uh, I feel like it, um, you know, in some ways, if you know, if if you don't, if you can't have trust in a relationship, then it breaks down. And trust, to me, is built by being competent in whatever the foundations of that relationship is. So, for friendship, competence, are things like you know, trustworthiness, reliability, um, you know, maybe common interests. That might be a form of competence. I'm not sure, mm. but I but I do think it, it, it's embedded in all of those areas. Now I do also have the, the 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 devil's advocate view, which is competence doesn't necessarily have to be a prerequisite for charisma. It just has to be the 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 what is it? The illusion of competence by <laughs> certain politicians. Uh. You right? So you can, and and it's it's similar to what you said earlier, which I I find myself agreeing with, which is you can't immediately determine if someone is competent, but it might take you a short while to make a decision. Now that person who has a short time to, ex, you know, extend their, um, you know, competence rating to you, could do it through a genuine or a deceitful way.
0: Mm. Okay, maybe this thing like at work, outcome is how good someone is at their job, competent, times how much you enjoy working with them, right? And as a friend, normally we're not doing anything, it's just how much you enjoy hanging out with them, right? And then best friends will be there in the hard times, like, and I don't know, you might have like a, you know, whatever, deep deep and meaningful conversation, whereas with somebody you don't know very well, it's unlikely. So maybe friends, Mm. sometimes there is competency, you know? But I I suppose, sub 10% of like, even with my really best friends like James, I think probably 10% or less of the time we're actually having deeper meaningfuls, you know, in or talking about things, right? Uh, maybe we should be more. Uh, it's kind of as needed. Like I don't want to more than we do. Um, and so that enjoyability is is, is one a, a characterization of charisma, right? And I just think that... I, I just don't think that I've worked on on charisma anywhere near to the extent that I've worked on trying to be competent at my job. I'm talking one single digit percentages of the same effort, right? And I'm not saying it's the most important thing, but it feels like it should be more than single digit percentage or 1%. I was gonna say 1%, but it's (laughs) probably more than 1%. It's like 3% or something, right? Um, And and so to me, it's like, yeah, um, why why shouldn't you be? And so they say, oh yeah, we need to teach kids about creativity at school. We, We need to teach kids about cooperation. Um, this is some of the 21st century skills, you know. Well, why don't we teach them that charisma, you know, as well? And it's like, you know, they say social, emotional learning. And it's like, you know, self-awareness, etc. And it's like, well, how about ability to, you know, you had down there, listen well. You know, ability to have, you know, humor. Like, humor can be taught. Like, there should be a, a friggin' subject. Like, English is writing essays in Australia so much. There should be a section, like, well, they made me write poems. They never once made me try to do a humor. They gave me strategies on how to write a poem. You know, I I don't know why. It just feels off. Mm. Well, I think it's in a similar vein of, I,
1: I don't know if you, first of all, it might be that you feeling that you've put too little focus on charisma is potentially there being a very, very high overlap, I would argue, of cultivating your leadership skills with cultivating your charismatic skills. Right, like if you go back to some of the things that we lifted out before, like competence, kindness, humour, humility, confidence, eloquence, persuasion, inspiration, um, being fun and engaging, I would say all of those could fit under the leadership bucket. And you know, you might you might not necessarily be focusing on all of them, but if you want to be a great leader, I would say that has a very strong correlation to wanting to be a highly charismatic individual. Now, I'm not saying you need to be charismatic to be a great leader, but I I guess I am saying that all great leaders have some elements of the attributes required to be charismatic without necessarily it going all the way and making you a charismatic person. Hmm. And it goes the other way too. Like maybe Dave Chappelle isn't, like I'm I'm just using him as an example here um, because He's insanely charismatic, I would say. For and you, he might but not
0: everyone. Some people are sort of more broadly charismatic, and some people are not all broadly yeah.
1: charismatic. Yeah. You know, some communities <laughs> might not find him as endearing. This <laughs> is, this is true. Um, but he might not be. And I'm just using him as an example because he probably is a pretty good leader. But he might not be the best leader. The two don't, you know, one to one overlap. Hmm. So the reason why you might not prioritize charisma as much is because, well, you've got. Um, you know, you can only stack rank things in a certain order, and you might have just placed leadership at the very top, you know, up, over and above the remaining characteristics. Because let's just say if charisma and leadership have 10 traits each, I'd say seven or eight of them overlap. Mm, and
0: so you should. I, I'd say. So go on, sorry,
1: finish. Yeah, and so you've just left those other three outside of which because you focus more on your leadership skills than your charismatic skills.
0: Yeah, so I'd say that you might have like, okay, you want to be good at your job, that's one section. You want to mm. figure out how to be a people manager, that's another section. You want to figure out leadership, that's another section. And I think yep. a lot of people, and let's just say that they're all separate, there's like no overlap. And I know there's some, but fine, I can say there's no overlap now. I think people in, in their work life have probably concentrated, well, you know, you start off as a junior berg and mainly doing your work because you're not managing anybody, right? And then you yep. sort of get promoted a little bit and you've got like, you know, two people you're managing or whatever. And then when you're managing managers, it's more about leadership than it is people management. Do you know what I mean? Uh, And so to me, I haven't seen charisma as one of those things that I should be focusing on. So maybe it's good at job, people management, leadership, charisma, if there's some stack, right? (laughs) And that, yes, you know, there's overlap, but I also don't think, you know, I'm talking about the bits that haven't been in there. So for instance, humor. For instance, a way to show authentic humbleness that's not weakness, but is strength. You know mm. um and so you know that whole brene brown or th- um vulnerability is not a sign of weakness; it's a sign of self-awareness but it doesn't mean that you can't do it in a way that has others uh lose confidence in you so you can show vulnerability in a way that increases confidence in a way that decreases confidence of you jane you know I mean? and so to me i think that charisma could have set traits that yes some of them might fall into leadership but it's just a separate trait that you've never worked upon before right and that just like the traits for people management like how do you give feedback in a positive way, not a negative way? So if you look at, for instance, the studies from research, feedback is one of the things which has done the best and the worst. So the average is kind Mm. of meh. but no feedback is is probably a bad idea, right? But bad feedback is definitely worse than no feedback. (laughs) And so, yeah, you should learn, be good at your job, figure out people management, figure out leadership, figure out charisma. I'm sure there's something after that, but it's worthy of its own separate category. And it's, it's like, a, yeah, okay, this, the next two years, number one goal of leveling myself up is charisma. And the other stuff mm. I'll do a bit of, but they're not number one goal.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So, I mean, in, in, in,
1: in some circles, there are you know, thoughts on, as you move through your career, just because you become, you know, Peter Principles, just because you become highly proficient at your current level, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to operate at a similar level of proficiency in the next level, and this is where it talks about. Well, you know, you might be insanely good at sales, uh, and you be the top um, performer in every quarter, but then they say, well, you know, you know, Duncan's an incredibly good salesperson. Let's promote him to manager, and mm. then when he goes to that level, suddenly he struggles because he's no longer doing what he has focused solely on which is you know honing his craft in sales he's now a people manager and so he has to shift that context um and so the one school of thought is that you don't necessarily have to you know increase uh or like level up your career by going through you know individual contribution people management and then manager management and leadership or whatnot you can go down the the, the subject matter expert route and i think the same thing can go for charisma like just because necessarily you go up the, the manager and the leader route. I think some people feel like: are we going to then try and shoehorn everyone into being more charismatic? Or are we going to identify what are the traits that make a great leader? Because some, you know, just like how some people like math, other people might like music. Some people might like to lead. Um, you know, purely by example, purely by application, purely by um, empathy. Whereas others might want to lead more through competence, humor, um, and, you know, levity. But
0: it's not all, it's and. You should have all of them. Every single tool in your repertoire. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. So to me... But you,
1: But that sounds absolutist. That sounds like... No, but they should be
0: absolute about nothing absolute. Like, I only want to have half the tools. No, I want to have as many tools as possible. So... Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain things that you shouldn't necessarily be. But, like, to me, the best leaders I think are the ones with the most diversity, the most adaptable. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that there are areas that I have spent huge amounts of time cultivating and areas in charisma that I've spent none. And it doesn't make sense to me. In some respects, you you could argue that charisma is everything underneath it good at job, people management, and leadership. Not all of it, you know, but, you know, that it, it has influence into them. And so to me, being able to, for instance, laugh, to be able to be likeable, you know, to be able to, are not things that I think are going to serve one, you know, at any disservice to to try to spend time levelling up in.
1: Yeah, but, okay, so, I mean, uh, really choosing a meaty topic at the end of our hour, but the grass is green where you water it. What I guess I'm tr- I'm trying to posit is what if you just want to water certain plants? And that's, that's what you really want to hone. You really want to be a great storyteller. Like, you know, let, let's maybe for the sake of argument agree that there are the fundamentals you got to have. you got to have competence. you got to be kind. you got to have humility. Let's just say those are foundational elements. Now you can branch off. And maybe someone might want to branch off more into the jovial, um, uh, the the more larrikin type Um, direction and other people might want to you know be more I don't like the word serious because then there's there's no room for for lightness and fun but I'm trying to come up with a, a, a contrast to say you know I like I feel more comfortable I enjoy this particular style more than that one as opposed to just saying look you need to do all the styles you need to learn all the things
0: I'm going to disagree. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not saying you shouldn't get at this, but like it, it, to me is like, I'm only eating Japanese food for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm never having Italian. I'm never having Mexican. I'm never having Thai food, whatever. Like, no, I, I think to me, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get to be level 10 in others, but you don't probably want to be level zero in, in, you know, everything except one level where you're level 100. You know, so to me, yeah. 10 areas where you've got some level three, four, five, is much better than only one area. And so to me, I, I don't know why you would want to optimize that way. All right, yeah. let's head to summary time because I am tired AF, I had my third jab last night, it's killing me. Um, I think I sort of said this, like um, charisma, there, there are no areas that I'm aware of that you're born mentally good at something. That does not mean you have biological differences, for instance, different serotonin levels of somebody else, right? Um, and that also, there are areas. If you're ASD or something, it's going to be hard. ASD, it's going to be harder than certain areas, or your whatever Down syndrome, etc. So, to me, um, it, charisma feels like something that is a first-class citizen in areas that you want to consider le- leveling up in, uh, and it's not an area that I believe has been given first-class citizen level of effort. Have I thought about being good at my job? About analysis? About You know writing board docs yes have i thought about people management yes if i thought about leadership yes have i thought about charisma in the same way in the same care no and that doesn't that does not sound like a good allocation of time uh Mm. i I, i've you know writing humors for my weekly emails is fun is humorous it makes me smile you know it's gone from them being hard to do and i would say the quality bad to being relatively easy to do and the quality much better um I think you can go from not being charismatic and it being very hard to have any kind of charisma to, to it being almost the default, You know, the unconscious competence level. And so I think it's worth working to get to that. Why not?
1: Mm. Okay, so topic of charisma and talking about what it is that we think, like, I thought we got somewhere really interesting in the beginning, which is, so imagine how you are around your friends. And then having that same ability or that same energy in front of perfect, complete strangers and being able to get the same uh, result or feedback from your friends as you would with others. And I think that's kind of what it means to tap into your charismatic tendencies. So looking at what are the foundational elements, you know, I think for me there's competence, there's kindness and there's humility. Maybe a bit of humour, and then build on building on top of those four things would be the considerations around. Well, now you need to have confidence, or you you would ideally have something in the realm of confidence, eloquence. So that's really good storytelling, persuasion, the ability to inspire, and being really fun and engaging. And if you have all of those together, that to me is what signifies someone with a lot of um, charisma. I see a strong overlap between charisma and great leadership skills. You know, reading things like how output management um, tells me a lot about the ability to influence others, um, has a s- strong correlation to the, the output of a charismatic I- individual, which is to inspire greater things from individuals around them than they otherwise would have been able to produce themselves. Uh, charisma like, like comedy is not naturally God-given gift, naturally born, uh, but Nothing something is, that can be, to, to but say something is, that... Well, you also gave um, exceptions such as biological markers, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just making sure yeah, I'm yeah, being cool, specific.
0: Cool, cool. But I think just but, changing the mindset to be that, that, that almost all Also,
1: think, yeah also focusing on uh, the thing that we spoke about in the last hour. So that's what I'm trying to summarise and use humour because we talked about humour as a comparative um, f- um, you know, approach. And so I think for anyone that wants to be thought of as more charismatic or anyone that wants to have more charisma, uh, were they to approach it in the same way as someone like Louis C.K. or um, Dave Chappelle, uh, it's... I believe, completely within, their, within anyone's ability to cultivate through building things such as their uh, self-assurance and confidence, through in increasing their ability to tell good stories, through being more aware of their body language, their empathy levels, uh, and their listening skills. And all of that um, you know wound up together makes for a much more you know, engaging and charismatic individual. So.
0: Cool, all right. Well, I think this was interesting, uh, it was uh, I will speak to you over the break, James, uh, and hope everyone has a good end of the year.
1: Yeah, too, Duncan. Have a very merry Christmas, and hope <laughs> you have a well-deserved break, and that you switch off and do some, you know, stand-up comedy. <laughs> cool.
0: All right, bye.